And welcome back, everyone. Sam, Matt, going to have some friends later on in the pod. We're back at you with something we didn't have last week, but we'll now have this week, our weekend preview pod. We've got around the league for the NFL, Jets, Giants, Knicks, Nets, and as well as something else we didn't have last week, but now do, and that is an American League MVP in Aaron Judge, officially now, 28-2 to on the vote. And Matt, I don't think it's crazy to say, but I think as of right now, New York sports are looking pretty solid. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, we we had the Judge Otani conversation a while back, and Judge even piled on after that. So even us saying that maybe at the time we thought Otani deserved more consideration, um, take nothing away from Judge. I mean, that, like, the the line that Otani pitched to and hit to this year simultaneously that should win you the MVP every year unless someone comes around and does something like what Aaron Judge did this season. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to him. Um, it very well could have been his second MVP. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a big piece of hardware in a year, in a year where you're, uh, you're betting on yeah, yourself. That's, so. And that's, it's just the ultimate prize, honestly. Again, like you said, yeah. bet on himself, got the ultimate prize. As for the Otani Judge debate, um, I will say that I was very adamant about thinking that, Otani would have um, would have a real chance, I'll say, to win the MVP. And twenty eight to two, obviously, got blown out of the water. Right? Wasn't unanimous. Sure, that's. I guess there's. It's not as bad as being unanimous. But what I will say about Otani is, you're right. Right? You know, these both of these guys, we're going to look back on MVP or not, and look at these seasons and say, like, I can't believe this happened. Right? I, 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 you know where you were for Judge's home run. You might not know where you were for Otani's year, but the entire year, just what he puts on paper, what's he, what he provides to any team. Again, hint, hint. I mean, he might not be on the Angels next year, but I just think Otani is. It's almost like uh, I know a lot of people used to have that LeBron voter fatigue in the NBA, where people would say, "Well, you got to give it to the MVP to LeBron every year because he's just obviously the most valuable." And I think that the same. In, in a way, the same can be said about Otani, right? Because there's just no one in his class that does what he does, right? There's there's no yeah. one that's going to hit you 30 home runs and might win you 20 games on the pitching side of things, right? There's just no one mm-hmm. that's going to do it. And so it's yep. it's really an interesting spot. I think Otani will win an MVP again, if not multiple, oh, yeah. right? Because it, it took one of the best seasons we've ever seen to knock him off of this one. Um, what I will ask you is, like I said, Judge piled on even more uh, since we had that discussion. And, you know, I, he was in the news every day. Is he going to break the American League record every single day? So it wound up just kind of having a, a way bigger just like, oh, this is Judge's sort of feel to it by the time we got to the end of the season. But what we talked about a lot, and at the time was, we said, if this were the case, the MVP would have obviously been Otani. If Otani was a Yankee and Judge was an Angel, they have the same season, and I guess we could assume both of those teams kind of play as well as they did. Is Judge still the MVP now that we're at the end of the year, everything compiled, or do we still are we still on the side of the fence where it's like, well, the the Yankees being better still would have given Otani. Well, the here's edge. here's where my my Otani argument, or I guess my argument for him being the MVP lies. I thought that, yes, the Yankees had an amazing beginning to the year. Everything was clicking in the beginning of the year. I think they were the first team with 70 wins. And then the second half of the year, yes, Judge went off. But if you're going to sit here and argue about team 
uh, team record or team performance. Look, newsflash, the Yankees in the second half weren't like that, that much better than the Angels. Sure, sure, but it's still just the optic of they went to the postseason. Well, you're right. And on top, and, and on top of that, I mean, like, I, I think clearly if Judge weren't a Yankee, I would say that they, they missed the postseason. Uh, well, that gets into, like, I don't even like to say it like that because that gets into, like, very rinky-dinky, like, oh, you know, well, if you took well, this guy sure. out of this spot, blah, blah, blah. Like, but what I will say is I don't th- – But there's no one that could have replaced the, the value that he brought to the Yankees this year, and it's not even close. You know, see, I think I, – I, I'm not saying that you're wrong, right? But I think you can make the argument for a couple guys. I, I just do. Like, like, like on the no, Yankees? Uh, to, like, saying, like – not necessarily – no one was matching Judge's value, right? But the reason I don't like arguing this is because I could say that, yeah, maybe if you throw a, a Jordan on the Yankees, right? Like maybe it's just the same thing, and maybe it opens the door for okay, someone so else. Let me, let me, so let me just pose the question like this then. They, the Yankees and Angels finish having the exact same season that they did, but those players are swapped. Oh, it's, uh, then I think, I think it has to be Otani at that point. Because, yeah, because I agree. this is where I, this is where I have a pro, another problem with with it's a tough argument because I think this is a basketball argument. Like I take LeBron off the Lakers and put put him on the Nets and put KD on the Lakers, then what, what's their record? I think that's a more viable argument. But it's one, hey, it's but easier. it's one you can't have in baseball. I don't think because yeah. like there's so like Judge being in that lineup changes everything. Like now Rizzo doesn't bat fifth; he'll, he'll have to bat second. And then who plays right field? And then does that mean that someone else has to play shortstop? Like, I think it's just so many layers to where in basketball you can kind of just pick and choose and say, yeah, you know, the argument was, oh, if LeBron was on the Bulls, would he win as many rings? No. If, but if if Jordan yeah. was on the, the Cavaliers, would they have come back from 3-1? No. Like, it's a, it's yeah. a much harder argument in baseball. So, Yeah. Well, congratulations to Aaron yeah. Judge. Jake, and, uh, I'm happy you know, you're, you're going to be – you're going to be hearing his name on here uh, a lot the next uh, coming weeks. Yeah. So. And uh, another name that we might might be hearing in the coming weeks, uh, probably his seat got a lot cooler, Tom Thibodeau, right? The Knicks go on to the West, whereas his seat, we said, was very hot leading up to the Western road trip. Knicks find themselves 2-0 and on this road trip with wins over the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. And I think tonight they have their toughest matchup of this road trip, record or not. They're playing Steph Curry in Golden State. That's uh, never a, an easy way to do things. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if you want to look at the positive side of things, I mean, you were probably never going to get them at a better time than right now. And when we say Steph in Golden State, I there's a part of me that might rather just see him there than have him come to the Garden. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I've, I actually thought about that today. I was just looking at the board like, Seeing like what games, see if there's any games that stood out to me that I like. You know, just you're doing your early morning coffee and ESPN, I guess you could say. And I'm looking yeah. at the game and I'm like, yeah, like, wow, this is in Golden State. I kind of like the value here in the Knicks. But if it was in the Garden, I think they would, the Warriors would be like a shorter favorite. And I think that it, I yeah. wouldn't like it, if that makes sense, because of, yeah, because I, would, of that. I would like the value in, uh, I would like the value in Steph to, put up 50 plus that that would be a value pick for me if they were in the yeah, garden. Yeah, no, that's true. But um yeah, it's a big test cuz again, I think what I think no one's going to be stunned if the Knicks lose this game obviously. I don't even think but the thing is where the problem lies is I don't know if people would be stunned if the the Knicks won this game. No, no, I don't think so like, either. The the Warriors are I 
They've lost to worse recently. Yeah, they haven't been playing the best brand of basketball. But, again, it's just – Steph is – it's going to come all full circle here because who? what don't the Knicks have? Like, a guy that people are scared of, right? And, and yeah. Steph Curry probably – is the most difficult, probably definitely the most difficult player to defend, if not the scariest player to game plan for in the entire league. Yeah, especially with, with the Knicks' issues on, on defense right now. I mean, I could just see him getting so many wide-open looks. But also, I mean, Steph Curry is just such a pest on the court. And the way that the Knicks are handling the ball lately, and I don't want to kill Randall right now. You know, he had a big game after I said I kind of didn't want to see much more from him. But, like, Guys like Randall, the, the turnovers get so bad, and I could just see Steph just zipping up and down the floor, yeah. just making things Three happen steel all night. Type night, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, did you watch any of the Nets last night by any chance? None. None. Wow. So listen to know. this, right? There's, I think it was like ten seconds left or so. It was a tight game. The Nets were up by. I know oh, what okay. happened. You saw it all. Okay. You, did you see the tip in I... at the end? No, I just know what so, happened. Roy, so. Kevin Durant pulls up for a shot, tie game, misses. It's a loose ball, and it's just bouncing around all over, like, hands and probably someone's forehead, too. And in the last second, you see Royce O'Neal tip it right up and into the net, game over, right there. I think there was maybe, like, point one on the clock or something, but the Nets win again, right? They're another team that we're still trying to figure out. We say it, we're, we're still in limbo with them, but... Um, yeah. I want to talk about the Kevin Durant comments that he had made the other day. I think we... Yeah, I was just going to say, it looks like Royce O'Neal took those uh, personal... Yeah, and he, I believe he had a triple-double, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, look, yeah. let me let me put it this way, right? I, I have said what I said about Kevin Durant, and... Well, can, can you... Can you uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'll, I'll talk while you get it, but if you just read, like, no, I, I can, an excerpt. I can give you the, the general idea. Pretty much, in fewer words, uh, Kevin Durant pretty much said... Um, you know, how do you expect how do you expect us to win when we have just because we have me, right? Uh, we have we're running out a lineup of Royce O'Neal, Edmund Sumner, and just like Joe Harris, and just kind of threw his teammates under the bus and yeah. kind of just like really called them out. And I'll say this, right? For all the the shit that Durant gets about his leadership or lack thereof, and we've even been critical of it, right? We, I just a few podcasts to go amidst all the Kyrie stuff, we kind of ripped into Kevin Durant saying that. He, he didn't do anything as a leader in Oklahoma City. He didn't do anything – well, he wasn't even the leader in Golden State. And Brooklyn has really blown up in his face so far. So yes. what I will say is if this is Kevin Durant showing how he is a leader, I can respect that. See, I, I kind of – it just – it it rubs me the wrong way, the opposite way uh, that, that you're seeing it. Because, like, to me, if Kevin Durant was a leader – and, and showed us leadership qualities here and there, I would be like, okay, you know what? Like, that's a guy that if he wants to come out and say that and he's respected and blah, 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 if he's the, if he is the leader, you know what? More power. But it's more, it's more just the fact that it's like, so th- this is going to be, this is your first act of, uh, of leadership. Yeah. Just, just trashing I, everyone. I see that. But like, look, he's, I, I see, obviously Kevin Durant is one of, if not the most talented scorers, players in NBA history, right? He's probably, he's easily in my top 10 of all time, I would say, just just yeah, pure talent-wise. Yeah. But he, maybe this is him, because sometimes people really don't, like, feel the need to lead until their feet are at the fire, 
right? Because maybe yeah. it's like, and there was even I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and link this together at all because I'm not gonna say that this is the reason why he's doing this, but maybe there was there was rumors this offseason that the Nets were could have shopped him and weren't happy with some of the offers they were getting. Maybe he feels kind of stuck, and maybe he's in a place of like. Hey, like this is my home. I'm gonna make the most of it. I'm gonna run the ship while I'm right. while I still can. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. look, Kevin Durant. <clears throat> we again, we've been critical of him, but as long as just like we said about Steph, if you have a Kevin Durant in your team, your people fear fear him and therefore fear you. Yeah, but no, but I ju- it's just to me that the like the other way it comes off to me is just listen when he says, "Okay, well, you expect us to win because of me because I'm here." And then he rattles off a bunch of names. Well, you're not wrong, right? I'm not going to, but, but you are the one that constructed this team with maybe the worst concoction of, of a big three ever. And it, like, you had stars to play with. He's at, like, I don't know. The comments come off to me like, I have no help. Like, you got yourself all the help you needed and you, you couldn't make it work, probably because you're, well, leadership. here's a controversial thing I'll link to, and this is going to jump a little bit, but, we watched the last dance, presumably, right? Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was more weak of a guy like Michael Jordan to how do I say this without being too controversial? Uh I thought it was more weak of him to kind of make a documentary post career about how much shit he had to put up with versus Kevin Durant saying it in the moment, right? Like well, I yeah, mean, MJ, I mean, MJ Derek, goes, G, Derek Jeter followed the exact same blueprint. Yeah, hey, I, it's it's a I guess it's a good argument to have. Would you rather be in the moment or after or in hindsight? Because yeah, it, I think to me it's again it's just it was worse of Michael to go and say and make make himself look better after the fact or after already he's considered the goat. Whereas Kevin Durant, yeah. he I feel like he's doing this because he's really just a competitive guy. He is a re, he he doesn't care about his his uh is like aura around the league. He's Kevin Durant. I just want a ball. And if my team's not good, I'm going to tell my team they're not good. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you want to, do you want to pause for a minute? And, uh, it appears that the Yankees made a huge was, signing for was, a superstar short. There was a, uh, just, there was a pause in my they really, there for a second. They really went at it. So if you want to just announce the big New York Yankee news, uh, let me stop shaking one second. It. Um, <laughs> Jeff Passan, and I quote, shortstop, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and the New York Yankees are in agreement on a one-year, $6 million contract. Sources familiar with ESPN, with the deal, tell ESPN. And then he furthers on and says, there was thought that Kiner-Falefa could get non-tendered before 8 p.m. tonight, but he's back last year before free agency. And I'll say this, yeah. don't panic. He's not, I don't think no, he's starting it's $6 million. He's not starting he doesn't shortstop. have to be the start. Yeah. This doesn't lock anything. I, I I thought he was a fine player. You can bring him back for $6 million. I have no problem and, with and that. Another thing I'll say, he's won a gold glove at third. He's hit, he hits 270 literally every single year. And at, at worst, he's an average defender. And that can play short in third. Yep. Go ahead, Kiner. Does your seat on the bench right there? You see it? I'll put your name on it for yeah. you. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather watch him come up to hit than Josh Donaldson. 120%. Especially in all those big key moments when they, they were striking out and, a lot. I have no and problem. And people are going to forget guy. that who is their best, arguably one of their second, if not their best hitter in the postseason. IKF. Like, yeah. just going by the numbers, right? Obviously, do I think he's he was the second best player in the Yankees in the postseason? No. But 
hitting yeah. just from strict hitting numbers wise, there's the arguments to be had. So if you're a Yankee fan, don't panic. I don't if if he's a starting shortstop next year, it will be for like a month, maybe. Yeah. I have a crazy question. Yeah. I'm gonna preface this by saying I didn't sleep last night. Okay. Did we uh, So just a normal Thursday did we, night? Did, did we already do Knicks or no? So in what many Jet fans would consider to be the biggest game of the year, myself included, Jets head to New England on Sunday to play the Patriots in a game where if they win, they can end the, end the week or I guess start the week in first place. Or if they lose, they could end up in last in their division. So to say this is a big game would be an understatement. Bobby, I'll kick it to you first. How do the Jets win this game and not think about the last time they played the Patriots? Uh, well, we went over it last time, Sam. You really got to get the run game going. I know Patriots going to come out and try to take it away, but we saw things in the, against the Bills that I think the Jets kind of corrected themselves from that Patriot game. We saw their new shiny toy, James Robinson, in that Patriot game. He took a lot of, like, tosses and stuff, but that's not really his game. You want to get him running in between the tackles and then get Michael Carter going on the outside. So recipe is run the ball, play good D, and hopefully walk out of New England undefeated on the road still. So would you say that you're uh, necessarily a part of the camp of, well, these games are the games where you need Zach Wilson to make plays? Where do you sit on that statement? Because in Jet circles, that's been like a big a big thing in the recent weeks where it's like, yeah, the defense is good, but Zach seems to be like a step behind the defense, and they don't people don't want to see them that really affect the team overall. I'm of the belief that, to win it all in the NFL, you're going to have to have your quarterback make plays down the stretch. Maybe not – he doesn't have to carry you, but we saw it in the Buffalo game on big third downs. Uh, he hit Mims on that drive at, uh, towards the two-minute warning to get that first down. That was a big play. But then you just can't have the mistakes. So if he manages the game and makes big plays like that just to move the chains and whatever, you, you can have the run game carry the rest of the load. And definitely don't turn the ball over because obviously in the last game – they, they lost that game more than the Patriots won it. I think that a lot of people would agree with that statement. I agree. And we, Matt and I sit here every week and preview every single game. And one thing we always say is that if you can compete in the NFL with good defense and winning the turnover battle, and that's when the Jets have won their games. And, yeah, I get it. Belichick is, has a great track record against young and rookie quarterbacks. But, you know, if you don't throw the ball it's, and you can dominate the ground, it can it can alleviate that. So, Matt, my question to you is, as a Jet fan and your confidence level in Zach Wilson, do you have the do you have that confidence that he won't have another stinker against a Bill Belichick-led defense or coach defense? Well, I, I have confidence in the Jets that Zach Wilson won't have another stinker like that because, they, I mean, the way you posed the question to Bobby at first was funny because you said, well, how do you – how did the Jets win this game and and not think about the last time that they played? I think the key to winning the game is going to be to think a lot about the last time you played. You can't it, – it, it's just – I obviously don't feel confident that Zach Wilson's, uh, you know, what, over two weeks uh, found a way to stop making those mistakes. I mean, he looked great against Buffalo. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I have the confidence in him, but I'm not this, – this time around, I'm not even looking for it. I'm not looking for him to do any of that. I want the Jets to try to win this game the way they tried to beat Buffalo and succeeded. 
And I think that, and we can say whatever we want about the Packers, and we'll get into that game a little bit, but what do I say about the Titans all the time? If you can, I love the way they play because they play good defense, and they do just enough every down to pick up first down here, first in there, and they grind out games. And then before you know it, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers looked up last night with four minutes left, and he's down by 10 and said, shit, where did this come from? I want the Jets to be that. Like, I want the Jets to be that team where, you know, you go into it on paper, and it's like, oh, well, you know, they have, they're good at this, and they're good at this, but they're not really that good anywhere else. But then at the end, with four minutes left in the fourth, teams are like, how did we just lose to this team? It's not talked about enough how boring it is to watch the Tennessee Titans play football. I love it. I think I, I love oh, it. I, I love, I love watching it. the Titans. Okay, all right. We get it, old heads. It's just like, what do you mean? How do you enjoy eight minutes of three-yard pickups? Because Derrick Henry to is, back, to is back, a to back, problem. To back, to back, to back. Like, just like I, you like watching Brees well, yeah, Hall duh. run down the field? All right, let me put it this way. If that was Brees Hall doing the same exact game plan, I think you'd enjoy it. I'd enjoy the Jets winning. I just mean, like, when I tune into a primetime game and I have to watch them eat up nine minutes of clock uh, and they don't have a run over five yards the entire time. Uh, I just – I have respect for teams that say, you know what's coming and you can't stop it. And that's what the Titans do literally every week. So Packers defense was dreadful too the other night. Packers oh, my God, was dreadful. Let's talk Oof. about the Jets. Let's get back to the Jets a little bit because I think the Jets defense – obviously, Sauce Gardner has all the headlines, but a team like the Patriots – to me, that really uh, having an elite corner like that doesn't obviously it matters. Yes, it's not a negative, but you know it's not like he's got to go cover any elite receivers. The Patriots receiving core doesn't scare you to begin with. I think the Jets easily have the advantage there. Yeah, I mean, outside of what Jacoby Myers is a, is a nice player. Outside of that, who are you dealing with? I I don't even really don't even know. I think where the Patriots are strong though is that is that attacking. Uh, defense's weakness, and I definitely think the weakness of this defense is in the middle with their pass coverage with the linebackers and everything. Yeah, a lot, probably so, a lot of slants and inside stuff this week. Maybe some yeah. like midline screens and all that fun stuff. So I'm sure it'll be. CJ Mosley has played well in the past few weeks, but he, I think he overall he's a liability in coverage. Yeah, well, he, so I always we'll thought he was more out. of a, he was a pass rusher, more of like a just like a. I don't know. He's I, a downhill guy. Yeah, he's, he, he plays, plays the That's a perfect way to put it. He plays downhill, and he's mm-hmm. not a – where, yeah, that's a plus in certain situations where if you get to the Patriots in, you know, a, a third and 12 or something like that, he can pin his ears back and go in on a blitz. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm going to expect the Patriots to – one thing I really like about the Patriots that they do is when they do pass, I feel like Mac Jones or whoever their quarterback has been – they value the the snap to throw time, and it's always very low with the Patriots yeah. because that's a stat that is like, unless you have a Patrick Mahomes or uh, I don't even know if I can say Aaron Rodgers anymore, but even Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady. All he does is dink and dunk down the field, catch, step, throw. It's that simple. Uh, you know where teams get in trouble is when they tell their quarterback to you know go make a play again, unless you're a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers. Or I guess what people can can assume Zach Wilson will be, or hope Zach Wilson will be uh, one day. So I, I just want to gauge everyone's uh, everyone's feelings right now because the last time that the Jets and Patriots played, the three of us talked. Sam was on the side of I can't imagine them losing this game, and me and Bobby were like I expect them to lose this game. I want to know where you guys are at now with this one, a few weeks removed from that embarrassment against New England at home. Um, you know, obviously this time in Foxborough. Bobby, you can go go at this first. Uh, I kind of feel better than I did the first time around. We were coming off of the losing AVT and Reese Hall game. So 
I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest. This offensive line feels like it's being held together by, like, staples and uh, chewed-up gum. But they're getting it done. Nate Herbig's been a big plus. They're going to this game without uh, Corey Davis again. So, down a weapon. Mims is back at it. Um, I don't know. I just feel better about the team overall than I did the last time around. I think it's a better vibe. Some people, uh, some people might describe me as put together with staples and chewed up gum, by the way. <laughs> uh, for me, I think I'm just as confident as I was before. Uh, in, I just think the Jet, what the Jets didn't do was stick to their game plan. And if they stick to their game plan like they've done, I mean, I sound like a broken record because I always say it. But I, it's so true. I like what the Jets' core game plan brings to the table. And when they veer off of that is when they get in trouble. So I guess when I, when I, when I ask questions about them being spooked about a 13-game win streak or even going against Belichick or even the last game, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think they'll get spooked, and I think that they'll stick to their game plan. But again, I thought that last time. So I do think it's a very easy game plan to get thrown off of, just yes. running the ball and relying on RPOs. Like, it's easy to take that away, and that's when Zach Wilson's going to have to step up and maybe make a play or two to get that back going. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's definitely a, a play style in which you need to play clean football throughout. Like, you know, if you muffle yeah. one or someone, you get a really bad holding call, you could easily go from – you know, second second and fifteen is a lot different from second and five, right? That's a drive. Mm-hmm. Those are drive killing penalties that really haven't been that much of an effect for the Jets. But in their losses, I feel like penalties have been somewhat of an issue. Uh, one more note I wanted to uh, go over with you guys. Uh, last week during the bye week, I don't know if you guys touched on it before, but uh, Salah actually came out and said Elijah Moore was getting moved back to the slot. So hopefully he gets a little bit involved now. We'll see what, yeah. how that affects Garrett Wilson maybe. He, but. he seems like he's at least uh, feigning in attitude change, which I appreciate. You know what I want to yeah. find? And I, I, I guess I can go look at like snap counts on like PFF or something like that. But I like to see how many snaps Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson have played on this, at the same time this year, if that's even possible to look up. Because I think it's criminal that ha- that hasn't been the case because – Garrett Wilson having an unbelievable rookie year and not unbelievable, very good rookie year. A Jace. A Jace. And then Elijah Moore last year was like this huge weapon that everyone was speaking about that obviously the trade requests and how he wasn't happy, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, going into the season, I think a lot of Jet fans would have been begging to see or would have said, I can't wait to see Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson on the field together. And that just hasn't been the case. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was going to be a big plus, having all those weapons along with the two running backs. And it just never panned out that way. Yeah, and we spoke about them earlier, but don't you get a little bit of the vibe of this is a lot like last year with the Knicks and Cam Reddish, <laughs> where it's like we just got him, and then like some people in the organization were like not too crazy about him, so they didn't play him. But then everyone else like wanted him to play because they knew he was like pretty decent when he actually plays. That's the kind of vibe I got from it, at least. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So what's your guys' official pick? The The official line is the Patriots are giving three I, and a I, half. Real quick, I want to get back to the Zach Wilson thing because, okay. like, and I, I know where we're all coming from, but we we talk about it so much in terms of, like, you know, like, keep it simple for Zach Wilson. Let's, like, we talk about him like he's, uh, like, I can't think of a better example right now, but, like, a Daniel Jones. Whereas the issue with Zach Wilson isn't that, it's not that he can't make all those throws, obviously. It's just that it's the decision-making and it's the Houdini act that we get into trouble with. It's not like handling him with kid gloves the way that uh, the Jets would with, like, Sanchez back in the day. Like, that's not what it is. It's more just like, 
I don't know. It's it's all decision making based to me. Like the, there's not a, a throw that he can't make. I I made that same I comparison I, earlier in I, the year. I think it was like I one don't of our think first it, podcasts. I said that. See, I don't think that makes sense. I think that's what they want him to be, and that's what that's he's kind of right. playing into right now. Yeah, they're, yes, they're going to try to grow him into but, that mold. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that as well. And I don't think I hate that because, again, just like I said, good defense, run the ball. You don't need a Patrick Mahomes, right? So, some teams you do. Like the Chiefs, the way they're constructed, they need a Patrick Mahomes to be their quarterback. They wouldn't survive with a Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. But I think the Jets think that they can survive in again that very Titan or Forty Nine er esque offense. Yeah, but anyway, we, we get back to predictions. Um, you know this this is a home game for the podcast here, so uh, we don't even have to pick with the spread. Let's let's give our picks and give uh give our final scores. Well, okay, so are we all on the Jets? I'm on the Jets. I'm on the yeah. Jets. Okay. Yeah, why not? So then, obviously, we all think that they cover if we win. But let's go closest score here. I'll say I'm going to go first. I'm going to say the Jets win. I'm going to say defensive battle, 19 to 17. I'm going to go 23 to 17, 17 Jets. I got Jets 24-20. Wait, wait. I thought you said Jets are going to win. What did I just say? 23-17 Jets. No, I think I was saying 23-17 Jets, but maybe oh, I repeated oh, oh, the – Oh, okay, okay. I think I said 17 incorrectly at first because – We'll have to leave that up a, to the listeners. That was, uh, that was towing the line right there. Why would, I just ran, why would I randomly just state the Jets as having 17 after this, after this work? I don't know. That was very Michael K-esque by Sam. Yeah. But I go 24-20 Jets. All right, interesting. So, so we all say around 20 points can get it done. Yeah. Okay. So, tw- so well, let's hope. So then, here's here's the here's the the bet. If I told you today the Jets scored 21 points on Sunday, you would say they 100 percent win that game. 21 points. Yes. No, I can't give you 100 percent there. I would say 100 percent, but that's the formula. That's what you're looking for. All right. Well, well what, how, what did the, how many did the Pats put up the last time they met? Well, okay. I, I'm not even gonna look. I think it was more than that, but. I think that's they got the ball in favorable field position about oh, every I know. position. I know, but like Bobby said, I mean this this game plan that we're all uh, that we're all touting right now. It's it's really easy to be taken out of that, and it, it takes you know it, it takes one play to, for us to start watching the same game we did a few weeks ago. So that that's when I would be fearful of twenty-two uh, seventeen, a last game. But also, just you're the more talented team. You have the better defense. Just stick with it for a while. Mm-hmm. That's what we say about all these teams, like Green Bay. Like, listen, stick with the run for a while. You're yeah. better. You'll you'll be able to hang in there. Stick with it until you literally can't. Anymore. Like, like if you're if you're going into lo- like if they go into the locker room at like let's say thirteen to ten, and Zach Wilson doesn't have an interception, or even seven, let's say even seventeen ten, they're losing going into halftime, and Zach Wilson doesn't have a turnover, and they're playing clean football. I'm ha- kind of happy with that. I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I would, pro- I would probably yeah. sign up for that. But like, if if it's if it's like ten uh, nothing, and Zach Wilson has a interception, and let's say James Robinson fumbles, that's a lot different. Because then, yeah, it's a lot different. They, that's but, uh, that's what you said about walking on eggshells with the game plan. Because mm-hmm. is if you make one mistake, it's instantly just like now we need to abort, abort, abort and start throwing all over the place. And that's what I think a lot of Jeff fans are scared of right now. Mm-hmm. And that kind of came out of me a little bit during that Bills game. There were so many times where I was like, oh, here we go. 
But there was then they kind of like answered every single time. Like on the kickoff, they messed up the opening kickoff, and then Diggs had the big catch over Sauce, and then they came right back and got a pick. They had this whole sky cam thing, and then got strip sacked, and then they came right back and Sauce got another pick. They're, but so like this team has a little bit of fight in them, but we'll see. So if you had, to- I, I just uh, I just went to the bathroom for a minute, and I'm I'm very pleased to see that in the minute that I was gone, the show didn't uh, go to Implode. complete trash and get canceled. You don't, so you don't know happy that. to be back. You don't know that. Well, you guys are still talking. This podcast isn't even out yet. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Bobby, we thank you uh, as always for coming on and talking about the Jets. I think you're a Jets guy now. Uh, so let's see. Right. Let's 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 ride this thing out. Let's get to first place maybe next week. Uh, it depends on what the Dolphins do. That, oh, no, are they on by this week? I think so, yes. McFeely has okay, yeah. taken, a, taken a hit to his fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, Sam and I are considering uh, – not even considering. I think we're almost locked into going to that Jets-Bears game, and, uh, you know, we should hang out for a minute. All right, oh, you're, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you if you were going, but you're well, going. Yeah, why, why you're ask? Go, you're going. You're going. All right. I basically have room rented out there. Rent-free, some would say. All right. Thank yeah. you, Bobby. Thank you Thanks, guys Bob. for having me. All right, look, enough about sports for now. I have something I need to get off my chest, and I need a minute. When you shut up, give me a turn to speak. Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? We've talked about it. Let me speak. How does that feel? How does that feel? So I'm sitting here, right, and you know I work at home. I spend multiple hours at my desk, which equals a lot of phone time, right? Which now in today's age, a lot of Instagram, Twitter, and what's one of the big storylines we always see, right? All these ad tracking, people tracking you, da-da-da. So I'm here, and I think you and I can agree that we do enjoy our share of uh, the devil's lettuce, I'd like to say. So I am scrolling through Instagram the other day, right? And I'm speaking about Hanukkah to my friends and at work or just like literally typing on my work laptop about the holidays. And I get an ad that says, and this was weird. And my gripe is with targeted ads because it said it is a banana. I kid you not. I'll show you. Right. It's a banana that is shaped like a menorah. Right. For those that celebrate Hanukkah, that's what you light the candles on for Hanukkah. I saw that with candles. And I read you at the top what this targeted ad says to me. Right. Light something different this Hanukkah. <laughs> and I had to screenshot that because I, these Instagram ads, let's just, I'm just going to zero in on Instagram, are ridiculous. No, they really are. They really I, get, are I post them all the time. You know my series on my own Instagram where I say, ah, just what I needed. You're a fan, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I get the craziest things all the time, whether it's like a, a bomber jacket with like leather sh- and metal straps all over it as if I'm going to a friggin' goth concert yeah. uh, or, or a stupid thing for my dog. They're absolutely ridiculous. And this one put me over the edge really, because it, it kid you not, it's a banana and it says light something else up for Hanukkah. Yeah. So I, do I, I have like a constant, like uh, not an alibi, but like if I ever were to actually light something on fire, light something different on fire, would I be able to resort to this as like legal proof of like it wasn't me? Like this thing kind of told me to? Probably not. But um, I, I don't the, – the explanation that people who think they're smart will give you is, well, 
you just notice it because you happen to be thinking about it at that moment. And so it's just like a trick. You're bl- no, no, no. It get like, this happens to such a T sometimes that like, if I consciously think about it, I'll like, I'll unplug my Alexa for the day if I'm not using it just because I don't need it. That I, there is, de- I don't know if it's, if that's why the ads get targeted. There is definitely something to, our private information being, you know, loaded into sectors of companies and then them using that. It just, it has to be, there's no way that that's not a thing. You're, I just need to get off my chest. I agree with everything you say. It was just so weird that like, you didn't get that ad. You're never going to get that ad. No, no, never. (laughs) So look, but what we won't get is more riveting. I might might get it now. You might, you might get it now. Um, What you guys are going to get now, the listeners is, Maddie Nostradamus back at it again. Gonna come on. Uh, he's got a fraud or applaud for us actually at the end of this segment, but we're gonna go around the league with him because he knows his stuff. Uh, Maddie Nostradamus, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> always, always electric there. Um, we already we're we're gonna have another guest on to talk about the Jets, but let's go around the league and start with the Giants. We spoke about the Giants a little bit on the last pod and how. The Lions were definitely no walkover game. Giants 7-2, Lions 3-6, and six, Giants giving three. Where do you guys sit at this game? Go ahead, Batty. I like the uh, – what are we doing? We're doing spreads or as, like we're just talking teams here? Well, this is this is the Giants, so it's a home game for us. So, like, you know, if, if you want to give a little more insight on this game, we kind of touched on it on the last podcast, but – Yeah, just give whatever you think. Well, I, I think the Lions, or rather the Giants, are going to have to do something that they haven't done. I, I think I heard it today on the radio since 2020, mid-2020, and that score over 24 points, which is yeah. hard to believe. That's a it, that's a full two season. Yeah, and they, the Lions are definitely, you're right, That's whoever mm-hmm. said that, whatever talking head said that, definitely the Lions are not a... Uh, not a defensive-oriented team, I'd say, but their offense is dangerous and electric. Um, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, they had Hawkinson, traded him. But if you're a Giant fan, I think you're a little uh, skeptical, to say the least, going into this game. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I picked the Giants on our last pod. I, I just... If the Lions are going to have one of those kinds of days where they put up 30 points, which very well could happen. I mean, the, the Giants defense looked bad last week. Um, sometimes they just look like shredded cheese. So th- I don't like I don't trust the Giants to win a game 33 to 30. But, you know, if they can control the game with Saquon a little bit, uh, control the time of possession game. I, I I like the Giants to win this game. They've, they've managed many games like that. And um, I will take them uh, with the points. So you're taking Giants minus three. I, I too, am going to take Giants minus three because I just think they're just they're just a better team. And I think that it's so true that you are what your record says you are. And the Lions would would be better than three and six if they weren't a three and six team. So I'm going to go with the Giants giving three as well. Um, Matt is as well. So we're all in the Giants minus three. Let's go forward a little bit. We're going to head to Atlanta where... The Falcons host the Chicago Bears. Atlanta is giving three to the Bears. Matt, are you okay over there? Is he gone? All right. So, um, I mean, speak about technical difficulties lately, yeah. man. Um, sorry, this was this was Bears-Falcons? 
Bears Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I can't ignore um, the uh, the progress the Bears have made the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like the Falcons have kind of gone the other way. I I don't want to call the line fishy, but I, I I don't know that this game would be considered just about even with the Falcons uh, giving three at home. And I, I like I like Chicago. I think I think there's something to what they've been able to piece together the last couple of weeks. I agree. I love Chicago. Right. I think that I think the Bears are and rightfully so uh, in the same kind of Lions tier. But the difference between the Lions and the Bears is that the reason that the Bears offense is electric is because their quarterback is absolutely dynamite. He can do everything. Finish your thought and then I'll stop it. He can do everything on the field. And I think that was just a testament to uh, his performance last week. I believe we're all on the Bears plus three there. Yep. Okay, moving over to the next game here. I think we got Matt back. Matt, Matty Nostradamus, you're here? I'm back. All right, awesome, because we're going to need you for the football picks. I think the Bills could have used you, too, for their weather predictions because this game has been moved to Detroit. Browns, 3-6, and six, go to the Bills, who find themselves at 6-3. and three. In, I believe, Detroit, Bills are giving eight. Yes. Due to the... That's overall. I like nothing. Nothing better than. <laughs> Go ahead. Nothing better than the 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 yes. <laughs> Do you like this <laughs> game? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bill, Bills minus eight. Uh, Matt McFeely. Let's start with you first. Bills minus eight in what many would describe as uh, very unfavorable conditions to avoid other unfavorable conditions. Would that be an accurate way to put it? Yeah. Why, why is Detroit the, uh, the spot? Like, I don't know if you guys remember when the jets and bills played there years ago. And then like the whole city of Detroit for one night, like put on for the jets and the jets got embarrassed or whatever. Like why, why is that the neutral <laughs> yeah. site? I don't know. Like, nice um, field. Maybe. I don't know. This is going to have to be a bounce back week for the bills. Um, I think even, uh, even a compromise, Josh Allen, uh, they should be able to win this game by at least a touchdown. And with that, um, I don't think I have a problem taking that extra point. Um, they, they need this one. so. Yeah, and, and just like the Jets, I mean, the Bills could find them. They could wake up in first again on Monday or they could wake up in last. It's Everyone's a tight division there. Um, so I, I think personally I'm a big fan of the hungrier dog, and I think that the Bills definitely have something to play for here. Uh, and the fact that it's not in a two-foot blizzard like it would have been in Buffalo makes me the utmost more confident in the Bills, and I really like the Bills here, minus eight. Back when men it makes were me men. a little sad that it's not in the, the, the two-foot blizzard, though. Yeah, yeah, but like... That would have been a, a classic, uh, everybody's hammer in the under, and it would have hit over. Josh Allen would have thrown for 500 yards in yeah. the snow. Yeah, that would have been, and it would have been miserable. But I think, imagine having a multi-billion dollar organization, and you have to move games because of, you have to move locations because of weather. And you know what's interesting about that is that... Uh, the, the new, I'm, I'm almost certain about this, the, the new renders of the stadium they're building in Buffalo, I don't think they're putting a dome on that stadium. Big, big elements, people. So, cool, just lose all your fans for a game. It's wild. Cool, that's cool with us. Yep. Next game, speaking about fans, Eagles head to Indianapolis where the Eagles are giving seven points. Eagles coming off a huge upset against the Commanders. And I'm going to start off by saying probably the best loss that you can have for a team. Because getting that undefeated monkey off your back is, I think, is so huge for the psyche of that team. Could be. I don't know. 
I don't know how much it matters when you're eight and zero. Maybe when you're twelve and zero, thirteen and zero, going into it. But I just think like they're they're a very young not. team, and like they uh, Jalen Hurts is still not a veteran quarterback per se. Like, and I just think that obviously it was on their minds. You couldn't go, you can walk or go into any sort of Philly Twitter account without seeing you know eight and zero, eight and zero, eight and zero. I just think it's a monkey off their back. And uh, look, if they put up a stinker this week. Then maybe there was just an aberration that they were eight and zero, but uh, I think I'm going to tend lean towards the side that they're actually a good team, and that was a good thing for them. I yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, team. I'm gonna not put a lot of, um, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm gonna choose to ignore this past week when the Colts were able to, I guess, quote unquote, upset uh, upset the Raiders with with a new head coach, um, and uh, you know uh, that Monday night game that lost for the Eagles. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna take last week into consideration. Uh, the Eagles are a great team. The Colts are a bad team, and the line is six and a half. Uh, yeah, give me the Eagles. I'm the I have Don't I care. have seven here, but six and a half. Oh it's God, a big hook. Okay, I I still like them at both, but uh, we're all on Eagles. Matt, uh, Maddie, Nostradamus, Eagles. Yeah, yeah. As far as the line goes, Eagles. But would either of you be surprised if they lost this game? Not at all. No, Not me either. I because guess Matt I th- Ryan's going to play again, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think that yeah. bodes well for the Colts. And especially, I think a lot of teams, we were, we always talk about how, you know, different teams do different things and unlock certain game plans to beat guys. Maybe the Colts found something in the commander's game plan that uh, they can exploit themselves, right? What did the commanders do? They ran the ball straight. They, they challenged the Eagles' defensive front and ran the ball. And I think Jonathan Taylor is a little bit better than, like, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. So... Uh, do I see that? Could I? Am I fully sold on the Eagles? No. Do I think they should win by a touchdown? Yes. So the, the Commanders were able to to turn the ball over. That's yeah. Jalen Hurts didn't play that well. That's true. But yeah. um, I don't know if the Colts defense can is as good as the Commanders defense. But I guess we'll have to see Sunday. We're on the Eagles right there. Moving over to the next game, the Rams facing the Saints in New Orleans. New Orleans is giving three. The Rams are three and six. Without That's Cooper so Cup, this is Very miserable. Strange. Very strange. So, uh, Matt McFeely, New Orleans minus three? We're like, I mean, Stafford's back, no Cup, I get it, but like, I don't know. Uh, that's the way I would lean, but like we said about the last game, would I be shocked if it goes the other way? Of course I wouldn't, but um, I, I don't know. With Stafford back, uh, it beat New Orleans by a field goal. I, I, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Rams, even though... I'm very hesitant to do so nowadays. I'm really, I'm really out on them. Uh, this is a game that I mean, w- win that game by a chip shot, you know. So Matt DeSanto, what what do the Rams have to show you that you can that will make you think that they can compete this the, the, in the next couple weeks? Because quite frankly, they're missing their best offensive weapon. I don't, I don't think their quarterback isn't 100 percent healthy, uh, and they're they've been getting beat up on defense. Which when you have Aaron Donald. You don't usually get beat up on defense. Well, that's the thing. You, they need to both those aspects, both the quarterback and the defense. They have to go into into New Orleans and show that the defense can still play and that Stafford is not compromised because he's really seemed compromised. He had a great year last year. Obviously, everything that happened in Super Bowl. I mean, he's had a great that, career. He's had a great career. You're right. But he's, he's clearly compromised. He's, I don't think he's falling off. I don't think he's, he's Russell Wilson-ing here, but... <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, they got to go in there and they get, they got to play D against a team that doesn't have a great offense, and it, it's a tough it's a tough environment, New Orleans. The, 
that's always what you hear. Seattle, New Orleans, they have great home field advantage. But if if they want to show me that they're a playoff team again this year, which they got a lot of work to do, they got to go in there and take care of yeah, business. Yeah, th- that's the thing. They're not out of it. So, like, if we want to talk hungrier dog, I mean, they have to be licking their chops to win so, that game. So I'll finish up this game by saying I'm on the flip side of you guys. I think that the not only was the Stafford injury maybe the first wound, but then the Cooper Cup injury was just turning the knife for that team. And I think that they're while they might not be mathematically eliminated, I think emotionally and mentally, they're I think they're done for. And then to the, it's a big ask to go into New Orleans and and beat a, a Saints team that look you can say what you want about Andy Dalton or whatever's on the team, but like they got guys they can throw at you. Alave's no joke. AK is no joke. Even Taysom Hill is no joke. It's a it's a tough place to play when you're trying to find yourselves. And for that, I like the Saints minus three. It, Let me ask it's you this. fair to if, say. If you uh, ahead, if you had to pick either Green Bay uh, or the Rams to to figure it out and go on like a little mini run and get into the playoffs, which team would you favor there? I say Green Bay, and only because it just regardless of what you think about Rodgers. And uh, his performance of late, especially last night, was a bit, I'd say, lackluster even. He was, he was good last night. Relax. He wasn't good. He was okay last night. He was good in relation to his it was previous one of his, weeks, maybe. Yeah, one of his better games Sure, but, okay, relatively, in Aaron Rodgers' terms, that was a poor Aaron Rodgers' performance in my book. Anyway, with that being said, I would say the Packers over the Rams because, again, just like Matt and I said, I don't believe Stafford's fully healthy, and clearly Cooper Cup's not healthy, so he lost his number one weapon. It's not that's an uphill battle in my eyes. It's an uphill battle, but the the, the biggest in in these two teams comparing them the playoff chances, the the Vikings are eight and one, and, and the Rams are three and six. But the teams in front of them are not doing great either. The Cardinals four and six, the Forty Nine ers five and four, and Seattle yeah, are they, they real both, or not? They're both probably looking at a wild card anyway. If they were to if yeah, they were to do yeah. anything. You're right. And one other point I want to make on this. You guys know who the Rams play? No. Is it the Giants? The no, Chiefs. it's not the Giants. Oh, the Chiefs. <laughs> I, lo- I like looking at that. I'm a big believer in looking ahead looking one ahead. week, making, yep. yeah, making this game the utmost more important. That's what I kind of said. I mean, we said that about the Jets and how you, know, you needed to win that Patriot game because you had Buffalo. They yeah, ultimately yep. ended up losing the Patriot game and beating Buffalo, but... Um, I rest my you case. Lo- you lose this game, then you can pretty much bury it. The early line I'm looking at is Kansas City's favored by 11 next week. but Yeah, very early. But very another early. big line here, the Ra- the Ravens sitting at 6-3 and three are hosting the 3-7 and seven Panthers, but pretty much the same record as the Rams, which is crazy to think about. That would be uh, the XFL Panthers. The right? XFL Panthers, according to our official tier list. Yeah. Yes, you can catch that on our Instagram. Great promo there. 13's a hefty number, McFeely. I don't know if I'm feeling. I get the Panthers are poverty, but like, I that's all. That's a big number. I think I, I think I'm gonna ride with Carolina here. I think every now and then they have a game where they sort of impress a little bit. Um, Mark Andrews is still a, a game time decision at this point, and so they've been missing him. Uh, yeah, I mean, 13 points is a lot of points, man, and I feel like. Anytime there's a game that's lopsided and we go like, well, I, they should win by three touchdowns. It just, it doesn't play out that way. Yeah. Uh, I think Carolina hangs in there, you know, I, I don't have them winning the game, but that's a lot of points. I can see them losing by 10. And I think Mark Andrews is healthy this week. I believe he practiced in full today. 
limited practice, and he still, I believe, as of two hours ago, is a game time decision for some. I hope he doesn't play again the rest of the year after the trade. We I made. hope he doesn't play. <laughs> yeah. Well, we made a trade for Mark Andrews uh, in our fantasy league. We're not going to get into much fantasy, but big trade between McPhilly and I. Matt, where do you sit on this game? Minus 13. Do you think that's too many points for the Ravens? I think it's a big number, yeah. I, the, the Panthers aren't bad, okay? I, I promoted the uh, your tier list there, but I don't think they're XFL-worthy. Obviously, their quarterback situation's a mess. Do, do we know who's starting that quarterback this week for them? It's not Walker? Is it? Is it I, I'm not 100% sure. I saw a report earlier today that apparently, internally, players want, God help us, Sam Darnold to be the starter, but... Is it Baker? I think it might be Baker. I think it, I think it might be Baker as well. Yeah, because I'm looking at the headline here. Now with Panthers, Mayfield set to face Jackson again. Baker Mayfield, a redemption game? It's a nice spot. It, it's a good spot because he's played the team a lot, so he knows the team. I, I don't know. I'm sure his career record isn't great against the Ravens, but, I'm, but he knows the team. He's very familiar with the team. I don't think the Panthers are... are they're the bottom. They're the bottom of the barrel as far as NFL goes, but I don't think they're horrible. They're as bad 13. as I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. I and, get it. And thir- thirteen is a big number. I I wouldn't touch it personally if I was betting it, but if I had to pick one, I think I'd take the Panther with Panthers with points. It's a big number. I let me put it this way: I was very close to making this a sniff. Very close. Yep. Carolina. Um, no. Yeah, Carolina money line. Very close. It's not because I found one that. A sniff of the year potential, but I I really like the Panthers with 13 points here. I think that whenever there's something to be said about like, yeah, they have film on Baker, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's something to be said about teams that just constantly switch back and forth quarterbacks. I mean, we just saw the difference between the, the Colts offense with Jacob. Was it Jacob Eason or Sam yeah. Ellinger? Not Jacob Eason. Sam Ellinger versus uh what's, what's the difference yeah, yeah there whoever. is no difference Could be, let's just call, we'll call him joe schmo for this for argument's sake but we saw the difference in the colts offense this could be a totally different offense we've never seen a panthers led offense without christian mccaffrey maybe they go to dj Moore. uh you know i don't know i'm leaving the door open i think there's something to be said about question marks and i'll get 13 points on a question mark any day of the week there so i like the panthers with 13 there i think it's too many points um Moving over to the next game, a team we hinted on prior, a uh, big upset on Monday Night Football. The Commanders, 5-5 five and five Commanders, are giving three to the 1-7-1 Texans in Houston. McFeely, we've been a big uh, – we feel like we say this every week about the Texans and how they're always in the game and they got that dog in them. But do you think that they can – do you think the Commanders are riding on a high horse here after their win or what? Yeah, I also feel like we also say that about the Commanders week in, week out. And by the way, I want to clarify real quick. Uh, Mark Andrews today, for the first time, was a full participant and expected to play. But in my defense, in my defense, like I said earlier, uh, you know, I didn't sleep last night and the days start to just blend. And um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, we we both we both like Heineke uh, leading the commander offense. We're high on them uh, the same way that we are the Texans, like like weirdly. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I think they ride that high into this and they cover three against Houston. I mean, I I think they're better in all three phases. Why, Why shouldn't they? That's that's the end of what I'm saying. I know I'm waiting for Matt. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, Matt. You, you gotta you gotta introduce me here. Oh, I, I, you guys can have some natural conversation. You're 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 the uh, what's K say? You're the, I'm the um, driver. I'm the driver. Oh, you're the you're the the something the, that whatever. makes the something so, spoon that makes yes. the 
something. The straw that the, makes the drink stir. The start the straw that stirs the drink, I believe you've been saying. You, yes. You know, okay, but getting back to football here, I, you, you talked about your stiff of the year. Talk about a sniff of the year. It, is, is this on your list? You want to do a little uh, preview here? Is, is Washington on your list? As a sniff? Yep. They're a favorite. What, you, you, your sniffs are underdogs only? The, the minus three is the bet of the year. No, no. My sniffs That's are not under- a sniff. Where have you been? That's not a sniff. That's I just don't know. You've been sending in even odds. He's, he's been sending them in group chats for the past years and i've never <laughs> read a single one but. no they're they're long there's some long form stuff to this that may be too explicit for any sort of podcast uh reinterpreting but we'll uh don't i'll get to the sniff because we're not there yet okay but are you on the you you think you like the commanders minus three here i love the commanders minus three here nice so two games were the biggest on matt's the biggest on the commanders minus three i love the panthers minus 13 so far Matt, we're going to build a parlay here. You got to find your game that you actually would make out with at the bar. And you got to tell us, and we're going to throw it in a parlay all together, and that's going to be the pod parlay of the week. I'm making out with Heineke right now. That's nice. Uh, Next game, uh, quarterback that I don't think anyone in the NFL will be making out with anytime soon, other than Sierra, the Denver Broncos, the three and six Denver Broncos. Poverty one hosts Poverty A. The Raiders, the two and seven Raiders, who lose games and cry afterwards. All jokes aside, I actually thought that was pretty meaningful of the Raiders. But Denver minus two and a half. I I might not watch this game for three seconds. I wouldn't watch it in my backyard. No, that, that's a that's a very elite one person to make out with. Though, like if I can only have one, like that that's a pretty solid up there, up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, top, top ten, top ten. Always I winning. Just, that's but, Russell Wilson's thing. Always winning. Both yeah. of these teams Roll. are are dumpster fires, and it's almost embarrassing the way that we talked about this division heading into the season. Like, oh, this might be the best division the league has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> these teams are terrible, man. Um, the freezing cold takes in the electric about this division. Big yeah, time. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch this game. I hate this game. I'm not gonna watch this game. Um, I hate these teams. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? I hate Russell Wilson so much that I'll just take the Raiders <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Over. So if you had, let me just put it this way: if you had, if you were given tickets, fifty-yard line, right in the middle of the field, first row, with plane and hotel given, and you had off work the next day, would you take the trip to Denver to see this game? I would just give it to my loser Bronco fan dad and say, "Take a friend or something." <laughs> Sam, Fair that enough. Was, that that was the perfect question for me because you know I hate going to sporting events. <laughs> but I, I know that McFeely, if anything, would never – I think McFeely would never watch go to a Russell Wilson game. I just don't think it would ever happen. I think you could be talked into going to like a Jet game or a Giant game. But if I say, hey, Matt, the Broncos are in town, I think he'd say I'm good. Yeah. yeah so, I'm, I'm good about going to the Bears game next week. Oh, no, nah, that's going to be electric. Got to go see my boy <laughs> Justin Fields. Where are you at in this game? Do you like the Broncos or the Raiders here? Two and a half. I think I like the Broncos. I, just, I think they're a better team overall. I, the, the coaching is a mess on both teams. But you, I'm looking at this right now. You know what I really do like is the over-under is at 41 and a half. I like that over. Over. Come yeah. on. They're not I mean, but like they're, These are two it, – it, they're, they're not having great years, Carr and Wilson, but – quarterbacks. I think let me put this into the air and McFeely tell me if you like this idea. 
I think that any merch that we officially drop needs to be our logo somewhere. And then on the back, it just has to say, not that bad. Yeah, we should actually because, change the we should change the name of the show. Yeah, because we say that about every like I feel like the Raiders should be the the Las Vegas not that bads or the Denver not that bads because I feel like every week we're here like oh no way the Packers are that bad no way the the Broncos are this bad no way the Raiders are that bad but hey look newsflash they are that bad they, yeah, but, your record is really, what you are this is just this is like one of the weirdest oh, seasons ever to just like. If you asked me to predict every team's record going into the season, this would probably have to be the like this would have been my worst percentage, I guess I should, I would say. Yeah, no, yeah. Notre, Notre Damas would be in his grave if you asked yeah. me to do that before the season. <laughs> so moving over to probably the game of the week. Uh the six and three Cowboys going to Minnesota, where the Vikings are now eight and one. Dallas is giving one and a half year in it probably what the most that? confusing line of the what week. is that <laughs> yeah I, just based on that i'm not even gonna get into the game just based on that I, i'm you know I, I i have no problem with bowing down to a, a power that's higher than me and that would be vegas i'm, I'm just gonna roll with dallas just based on the line our father <laughs> our father vegas yep. sounds right um so vikings there for mcfeely i think i like the vikings too but like i said cowboys Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. I don't think you said anything unless I just totally missed it. Well, I'm saying I the line he, is so fishy. Said, yeah. That but I'm I think it's fishy. It the I think it's fishy the other way. You think you think fishy the other way? You think Dallas yeah. should not be or, or should be favorited? Dallas is favorited. Right. Yeah, but you're I saying think, they should be I think favored. The Vikings more. should be favorited. Right. So what are you talking you're about? Agreeing. You guys are agreeing. I just said on my you're, pick is you're, my pick. You're just having a moment right now. No, I, I like The line it. is fishy, right? Like, the Cowboys being favorites is fishy, which means that Vegas is on to something, hence why I would pick Dallas. Do you get that? Y- yes, but I, I'm pick. I, I No, I don't get it, because I'm picking the Vikings. I, Matt, can you please help? I don't, no, no, see, I'm I, I want to give some insight to listeners who, who really need to understand why I am not on this podcast. It's because... Me and Sam would be screaming at each other the entire time because of things like this. Sam, he, he he's saying the Cowboys being favored is fishy. He's bowing down to Vegas. He is praying at the altar of Vegas, and he's taking the Cowboys. Right. Dude, that that wasn't my qu- – look, if we're going <laughs> to – let's re- – hold on. Let's restart this, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to call this segment – what I think of the line and not the game, and that's where we're going to base our stuff off of. I asked you what you liked in this game, not what Vegas made you think. Do you Who cares? Cowboys I, by I, I told you no. because of that. I told you that's why I like it. I'm allowed to make picks however I want. I could, I, you know what? Right. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start eeny, meeny, miny, mowing every pick. And you might as well. But yeah, yeah I right. like, I like the Vikings to win the game. I would take the Vikings if they were minus three and a half, four and a half, even. Because I just think that they're just clear-cut the better team. I don't care what Vegas has to say about it. I like the Vikings here straight with the points, obviously, whatever. Uh, it, it wasn't big enough to make a sniff. I think it was only like plus 110, but love the Vikings here. I think it should be – maybe we agree. I think it should be the other way around. The Vikings should be at least favored by three. Yeah, we do agree for the fifth time. <laughs> nice, nice. Glad we got you know, that off our chest. And, Matt, and, you know, where are you? I, I, I really did like the – Vikings, but let's go Cowboys. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, good. Good. T- take a walk, Sam. <laughs> All 
I might bet it. Moving over to the next game, the Bengals going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati is giving four. McFeely, where are you at in this game? Um, I mean, yeah, I like the Bengals. That's that's uh, another line that I feel like if you told me it was six, I would tell you it makes sense. Uh, the Steelers are pretty bad, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Bengals have been lighting it up offensively lately. A game I'm not going to care to watch, but yeah, I mean, give me Cincinnati. If I'm betting that game, I probably buy myself a half a point and just say go ahead and win the game. Matt Santo, uh, yeah, I like the Bengals, I, and uh, as silly as this might sound, they got flexed out of that Sunday night game for uh, what are the Chiefs Chargers, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the Bengals are one of those like uh, weird social media teams where they'll rally behind the fact that they got flexed out. And it's a big game for them. They're five and four, move to six and four. Steelers not great. Uh, Pickett still learning all that. They do have a lot back for whatever that means, which could mean a lot with the Bengals' uh, offensive line. But I, I, I like the Bengals to win. I like the Bengals to cover. Are you guys finished? Yeah, because the Steelers are winning this game. I don't care what you tell uh, me. Oh, okay. here's the sniff of the year. Here's the, the, sniff, of the year. sniff of the year. Mike Tomlin. <laughs> at home in the divisional game in which they're getting disrespected and got flexed out. I'll spin this on the Steelers with TJ Wapak. Bengals are coming off of a bye, so there's going to be rust. Bet of the year is Steelers' first half money line. I love the Steelers' money line this week. I think this is if I've ever seen a team get a, get an actual like back-breaking loss at 5-5, five and five, it's this week right now. This is going to be Steelers' win. Mike Tomlin's going to rally around this. They might not win a game for the rest of the year because they suck for sure. Steelers money line. And I got it at plus 185, I think I saw like a couple days ago. Absolutely am head over heels for it. All right, folks. We're taking uh, Bengals minus four and Cowboys minus a point and a half. Throw the farm on it. Bang, for the, Bengals minus 17. <laughs> for the, the, the anti-Sam bet. For the last, anti-Sam last game of the day, and not of the day of Sunday, so Monday night. But Chiefs are seven and two, heading to Los Angeles in the Chargers at five, at five and four. Chiefs are giving five, and this is the game that got flexed Sunday night. I think I like. I mean, yeah, I get Mahomes is the appeal, but like, give me the Steelers Bengals game on this this slate more so. I don't know. I think that's, I like that game better. I think that's yeah. silly. Yeah, I, I, I just like, as well. I don't know, like TJ Watt, a divisional game. I mean, I guess this is a divisional game as well, but like, I think I love the, the Chiefs. I don't think this is really like a big game, really. I don't I feel have like, I feel like you embarrassed yourself a minute ago, and now you're just trying to ruffle everyone because you're just in a mood now. <laughs> what do you mean? I stir you the just, pot. I'm, I'm the straw. Yeah. No, you, I'm you'd not, rather, not, you, no you, pot stirring. You'd rather watch the Steelers than Chiefs Chargers? Wouldn't that be digging myself deeper? Can I, can I defend the Chargers and Chiefs here? Sure. Because I don't have the history of their their matchups in the past few years. The Herbert, what is it, Herbert uh, Mahomes, what is it, year three, I suppose. They, those have been really, really good games. That's why. I yeah, but the Chargers are bad. They're not that bad. I don't think they're – you want to call the Raiders bad, you want to call the Colts bad, even though they, they should be good or whatever you say every week, the new podcast name. Yeah, uh, what did I say before? Um, can't, can't be this bad. Can't be this can't bad. Can't be this bad. Can't be this bad. I don't. I don't think the Chargers fit that category. I think they fit the category of 
a mid-team, very good quarterback, electric offensive players, huge defensive players, maybe not a complete defense, but big playmakers on defense. And for some reason, they they play the Chiefs close every every, every year. And that's why it's a five-point line. If, yeah. this was, if, if, you, if you took every player on the Chargers and put them on the Colts, and same record, same team, I think this line would be a, a touchdown plus because it's the Colts and not the, the, the Chargers. History shows these, these teams play close. I guess. I still I wouldn't, love the Chiefs. I wouldn't touch the the, the, the line with a ten foot pole. Yeah, but, I'm kind of uh, I'm I'm more so with Matt here. Where like I don't think the the Chargers are bad, but they're they've been frustrating. But when like when you compare them to like the other disappointing teams in the NFL this year, I I think they're a tier above that. Um, listen, they, they play them tough all the time. I mean, I think if I have to. If I have to pick a side in this game, I guess I just ride with Kansas City and say, listen, I hope they win by a touchdown. But uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers were able to cover here. And I, I did just get an update on my phone that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both full participants in practice today. So they will both be active if that sways you in nice. any other way. Um, yeah, I mean, Keenan back is, is big, so. Yeah, is, it, is this his first game back? Yeah, since it's like week three or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. So, it's big, but. I think I'm still on the Chiefs. You guys are both on the Chargers. I'm on the Chiefs. I feel like you don't even listen mm. to the podcast when we I, do it. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm on the Chiefs, but I, I just I, think you guys give these reasons of like why. Uh, what did I just say that was confusing? You, you guys are sitting here waxing poetic about how the Chargers are so good, and you say, "Oh, oh but God. I like." Yeah, that, I wouldn't, that's that's I wouldn't what we did. With we waxed pole, poetic about I, how I, good I, they are. I think the Chiefs win, but I wouldn't want to give five points. Is what I was saying. Okay. Fair. So, would you give eight points with the Cardinals hosting the 49ers? Do you think the 49ers give eight points there? Do you think that's a fair line? I think that's a lot. Monday Night Football? Yeah, I think it's a lot. I think the Cardinals are clearly poorly coached this year. This Kingsbury insanity is so overrated, but eight points is a lot of points. I. And even yeah. if Tyler doesn't play, Colt McCoy is a good backup quarterback. He's probably one of the best in the league. Yeah, uh, they can. I just think that the 49ers are so good. Again, this is a, this is a tough line, right? I, I think that if it was six and a half, I would definitely be more inclined to take the, the 49ers. But that extra point and a half gets me nervous because if you win by eight, you're most likely going to win by like 10. Or if you're, you know, is that, does that logic seem sound to you where it's like yeah. six and a half to nine and a half is really a field goals difference? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one because the 49ers, I feel like every time you get high on the 49ers, they, they kind of just like do something to like regress back to like, okay, we're still mid and we don't have that good of a quarterback, but like they got McCaffrey, they got Debo, they got Ayuk. I mean, that's a, that's an electric, electric offense that. I mean, same can be said about the Cardinals, though. I mean, I'm just looking at this game. Like, these, these two teams are very, very similar, I feel like. Yeah. They're just both offensive powerhouses. Uh, it's another and it's another low over-under, too. What's that What's 40, that number there? Yeah, I was going to say, I like, I, like the, uh, I like the over. Yeah, but those primetime over-unders have not been hitting this year at all. I know. I know. It's, it's, so, it's so funky that you have yeah. to worry about that that's, kind of stuff. That's it, why I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to roll with Arizona plus eight, just because, I mean, like you said, these primetime games, they're all just, 
they're all weird. Like these offenses just like they don't get going at the same rate. The games stay close. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see them losing by a touchdown or, or less. So I got I got a plus eight here. I like the I like the Cardinals. I think yeah. they they're just they're too even of a team to be a, a home dog by over a touchdown. I think so. I like the Cardinals here, uh, Matt. DeSanto, what was your pick before we get into our long-awaited fraud or applaud? I would also take the Cardinals. Cardinals plus eight. So too many points. Yeah. We, many so points. we got a lot of we got a lot of back and forth here. I think that we uh, too much for my liking. But this is a week that where you we pick a lot of it. opposite games. I mean, you guys yeah. love the, you guys love the Bengals. Yeah. I love the Steelers. Right. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so, so our 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 gracious uh, guest here was nice enough to prepare us. Um, a fraud or applaud, uh, which will be fun to be uh, on the other side of together. So we'll see how we do. I think Matt is one of those people that I trust with things like this because he's a big he's a big random fact guy. Yep. So I could I, love, I could imagine he put some effort into this today. So uh, perhaps is, is this is this baseball that we're going with? We're we're all baseball today. I I actually put together a lot of these. So if you ever Good. want me back, I'm ready to go. Good. But awesome. I went baseball only today. I do have some wacky football ones that I thought they include, but let's just go baseball today. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. Okay. First off, we're going to start with Nolan Ryan pitched for 27 years while compiling over 5,000 innings pitched. While being known as maybe the greatest strikeout pitcher of all time, he is also known as one of the most wild pitchers in history. Nolan Ryan's 277 career wild pitches is the most of any pitcher in history. Or Let's work together on this. I feel what like, if I don't wanna? No, okay. I'm well, kidding. I feel yeah. like just um, it's one of those stats where like it's just like the guy who has it doesn't have to not be a great pitcher. It's just as long as you were around forever, you might just compile that many. So I'm on the side of applause right now. See, I think I'm going to take that statement, and I think I'm on the side of fraud because of that because i just think there's so many pitchers that you just find have pitched for a trillion years out of nowhere that like one of those guys has to have it like would i be stunned if it's like a guy like michael pineda no <laughs> like or someone that's just been around for at bertolo cologne someone just pitches for 30 plus years i get nolan ryan can fall into that category but like but it's just how hard he throws too that makes I know, me think. I know. Or is it? It could be like. Could it be Chapman? <laughs> you know. You know what's gonna suck when Matt's like, no. So he does lead the league, but it's two hundred and seventy six, not two hundred and seventy seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fraud on this. I'm applauding that. This would be a fraud. Hey. Do you Sam, have the answer? I do have the answer, and I have some insight onto the answer. Oh. Because. Because it's a player neither of you have ever heard of. It's a player I had never heard of until I, I, I dug deep enough. Here we go. The all wait, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Before you get the answer, just being brutally honest with you, as soon as you said I dug and then said deep enough, I like the first thought in my head was no way there's a pitcher that was named like Doug Deep Enough that the answer was Doug. Deep enough. <laughs> so with that, continue. Doug. <laughs> Deep enough. <laughs> <Pitch>. <laughs> Tony Mullane has some good nicknames. Was it dug deep enough? What's the, what's the difference? <laughs> Tony Mullane nicknamed the Count and the Apollo of the Fox. 
What year is this? What era? <laughs> BC. <laughs> was, he, was he a Cleveland Spider? <laughs> was he actually? He pitched for the Cleveland Spiders. Were they the only team in the league back then, or did I just nail that? They play inter squad scrimmages. That's why there's only stats there. I'll go the teams that he was on. He pitched for 13 years. He, I got some interesting facts about this guy. He's he's got the third most wins in history for somebody who's not in the Hall of Fame, behind uh, Clemens and Tommy John. 284 career wins. He pitched for the Detroit Wolverines. Classic. The, Louis, the Louisville Eclipses. How could you forget? <laughs> The St. Louis Browns, the baseball oh, team. <laughs> the Toledo Blue Stockings. This is this uh, is just and right. like we're gonna we're gonna sit here and have people like argue that like like oh you know Otani shouldn't have led in strikeouts because you know what dug deep enough. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so so happy that you brought up Otani because I spent I'm, I, this is last night 2 a.m. I knew I didn't have work today. I got into a Tony Mullane wormhole, and I couldn't get out of it. His baseball reference, it says, pitcher, outfielder, and third baseman. Does it all. Switch hitter. Basketball switch hitter. Throws right, but through left-handed a handful of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, they didn't even care back then. They just, like... <laughs> like, does that mean that his, his other hand was hurting, or he, they just said screw it? <laughs> I would think that his other hand was hurting. He he pitched four thousand five hundred <laughs> innings in thirteen years. It took it took Nolan Ryan twenty seven years to get. Oh there. man! All right, when, well, when listen, men were men. Yeah, listen, I'm having a lot of fun. I don't want to be stuck on this forever. So thank you, Doug, deep enough. And uh... <laughs> I got wait wait. I got one more fact for Doug. All right, fine. Before. This is is straight off of the Wikipedia for Doug Deep Enough. What's his actual name again? Let's let's pay the man some respect. (laughs) Tony Mullane, M-U-L-L-A-N-E. I think the Mullane family are contributors. They might be. And (laughs) off his post-career tab on Wikipedia, Mullane died at the age of 85 in Chicago. And it's engraved. And it's engraved two, block forty-eight, block five, section fifty-eight at the Holy Catholic Cemetery, cemetery located in Worth, Illinois, because they have the exact grave plot that he was buried in. <laughs> what? Yes. You mean it's not in the it's not in the Cleveland Spider Hall of Fame? No, well, he was inducted into the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame in 2010. People don't understand the content that you can find on Baseball Reference. They really don't. Great. Can I Absolutely. say something? That oh, is the go. most fraudulent thing. I, the last thing you said was the most... Me? Matt, no, Matt DeSanto. Okay. Yeah, the whole Fraudulent thing, thing I've ever heard in, in sports history. He was inducted to the Reds Hall of Fame. What, I, I was even alive when the Reds were a team. He died in... 1944. Oh, okay. So no. 54, 64, 74, 84. All right, let's get to the next one here. Let's get to the next one here. Thank you. I need to to compose myself a little bit. (laughs) Okay. 
You ready? Yes. Many know the Molinas, Benji, Yachty, and Jose, as one of the most popular and successful trios of brothers to ever play in the major leagues. However, many don't know that the Molinas have a fourth brother who never made it to the majors but has made his own impact on baseball in Puerto Rico. He serves as a catching instructor at one of Puerto Rico's top baseball instructional schools and is often joined by his brother at clinics. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's I don't think this is crazy. I mean, like worst case scenario, he just made up a sibling, but outside of that, it's like <laughs> it's not like like it's not like you told me that he's a Hall of Famer and I never heard of him or something. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, or, you, or like a serial killer. Yeah, well, yeah, the the Molina's brother was arrested <laughs> for. No, I think I think I'm gonna applaud this one because yeah, just simply the reason like if you got three stud kids, you're gonna have four. Why stop? Why stop there? You know. So I agree. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna applaud that also. This is fraud. Wow. Sure, no, you're you're the worst. That was good. And- you, you, you want to know what? Um, I needed a name. I wanted you to give me a, another Malina no, name. I have in my notes, I have a name written down. And if I would have said it, I wouldn't have been able to make it through the read. What was had, it? What was it? Hold <laughs> well, on. Yadier, Benji, and what was the other one? Jose. 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 Oh, jeez. Raphael. Raphael. Juan Molina. <laughs> right. Jeez. If I would have said Juan Molina, you guys would have known immediately. No, I would have. I would have immediately said like, "No way." Well, I would have started laughing. <laughs> would have been the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm over two. Sam's one for two, and uh, coming down to our final one here. And this is what episode like twenty three. I think we're over twenty three on the podcast. But continue. You know the, the the one we did last week that never see the light of day. Uh, I think we both went three for three. It's gonna be so sick when that happens again to this one. All right. Ty Cobb, very controversial player, one of the best ever. Ty Cobb hated the whole home run craze in the 1920s when the ball changed and everybody was able to start hitting home runs. With people flocking to see bombs instead of well-placed bunts and slap singles, he thought it took less skill to hit home runs. To prove his point, he told a reporter that he would go out there and hit three home runs. At the age of 38, he went six for six with three home runs. The next day, he hit two more home runs. Something Babe Ruth never even did. Okay, uh, so proved his my, point and then sorry. went back to his old style. And that was it. My, my initial thought is like, first I was thinking, well, he's not going to give us three frauds. And then I was like, no, he is the type of guy that would do that. <laughs> I also feel like I might have heard of this before if it were true, but I, I mean, I, I'm applauding too much, but I, I'm going to be really upset if I go fraud and go over three. Um, I think I'm leaning towards applaud. What about you? This is one of those like, yeah, you know, my grandpa said it and now <laughs> it's like a thing. Although do I think it happened? No. Do I think it's like a story that's accepted that happened? probably so therefore i'm gonna applaud it well so what do you mean you think that like just the backstory was made up but then he just went out and hit a bunch of home runs and someone like made that like that no, part no but like you know well, people that would say, have to like, be that would yeah, have you know, to be babe it. ruth babe ruth went and you know don Greco always says babe ruth went i saw my own two eyes he hit a home run while he had a cigar in his mouth and three in his ears yeah, i think yeah. it's one of those stories so i'm gonna applaud it yeah me too it is allegedly true yeah okay. that's that's i was spot on couldn't be more spot on 
So the whole five home runs in two days thing is 100 percent true. As far yeah, as the reporter thing goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. Got I it. Understand that much? Yeah. So, wow, fraud or applaud is my favorite part of the show. Easily, it's so good. <laughs> I think it's it's is natural and Desanto that, adds adds a nice uh, a nice spice to it. Yeah, even sci-fi. even with his uh constant, even though we can only hear half of the things he says because his connection <laughs> keeps going in and out, but we're here now. So, Matt, thank you as always. Uh, fire pick segment, fire fraud or applaud, fire episode in general. As always, thank you for listening and have a good one, everyone.